Hi everyone, welcome back to the MedBullet Step 1 podcast. In today's episode, we cover the topic of anterior cruciate ligament injury found under the MSK section at MedBullets.com. Let's begin with a clinical snapshot. A 27-year-old woman presents to the emergency department for severe pain in the right knee. A few hours prior to presentation, an opposing soccer player striked her leg from the right side while her foot was planted to the ground. Afterwards, she felt a pop sound that was followed by severe knee pain and swelling. After the swelling improved, she feels that her right knee is unstable. On physical exam, the patient has a positive Lachman test. The patient is asked to rest, place ice and compress the knee, and elevate the affected leg. Given her sports demands, a conversation is made on the necessity of surgical reconstruction of the anterior cruciate ligament. Let's continue with an introduction to anterior cruciate ligament injury. Clinically, it is defined as an injury in the form of tear or rupture affecting the anterior cruciate ligament, or ACL, in the knee. In terms of epidemiology, remember that non-contact ACL injuries are more common, and demographically, it is more common in female athletes. Risk factors include sports such as football, soccer, skiers, and basketball, as well as motor vehicle accidents. In order to understand the pathoanatomy, let's review some of the normal anatomy. The ACL course originates in the posteromedial aspect of the lateral femoral condyle, and then it reaches the anteromedial aspect of the tibia. And remember that the ACL plays an important role in knee stability. It controls anterior translation of the tibia, and it also restrains against tibial rotation, varus, and valgus stress. Now to understand the pathology, we have to split it into contact and non-contact mechanisms. For contact mechanisms, it is due to an injury that causes hyperextension or valgus deformation of the knee, such as with the football injury, or it may be due to high-speed motor vehicle accidents. In non-contact mechanisms, there is a changing direction, pivoting, or landing that leads to rotation or valgus stress of the knee after sudden deceleration. And conditions associated with ACL injury include the unhappy triad, which consists of injury to the ACL, the medial collateral ligament, and the medial meniscus. And with regards to prognosis, remember that the majority of athletes are able to return to their sports activities with ACL reconstruction. Moving on to the presentation, symptoms include the patient feeling a pop in the knee, and thereafter there is acute swelling and pain. Patients may also note an unstable or quote-unquote giving out knee. On physical exam, one can perform the anterior jaw test. To perform this, remember that the proximal tibia is anteriorly pulled while the patient is supine and the knee is flexed in 90 degrees. And if there is anterior translation, then the test is positive. One can also perform the Lachman test. Here, the proximal tibia is anteriorly pulled with one hand, while the other hand stabilizes the distal femur while the knee is flexed at 30 degrees. And one may also note hemarthrosis on physical exam. With regards to imaging, magnetic resonance imaging is indicated as an imaging modality that can confirm the diagnosis, or it is also indicated if reconstruction is a possibility or to identify concomitant knee pathology. And with regards to other studies, remember that when making the diagnosis, it can be made based on typical clinical presentation alone, but it can also be confirmed by MRI or knee arthroscopy. With regards to the differential, make sure to think about meniscal tear, with differentiating factors being that patients can have a positive Thessaly test, McMurray test, or Apley test. Also think about posterior collateral ligament injury, with differentiating factors being that patients can have a positive posterior drawer test, and trauma is typically due to either a motor vehicle accident leading to a dashboard injury, falling on a flexed knee while the foot is plantar flexed, or direct trauma to the proximal tibia. With regards to treatment, conservative treatment options include rest, ice, compression, and elevation therapy, which is used to reduce pain 
edema, and hemarthrosis in the acute stage of the injury. And remember that non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs are typically added. Operative treatment options include surgical reconstruction, which is performed in young and active patients with high-demand sports or jobs. Or it can also be performed in patients with significant knee instability, such as in injuries affecting multiple knee structures, such as what is seen in the unhappy triad. And lastly, complications related to ACL injury include osteoarthritis, arthrosis, and sports disability. Now that we've discussed the major points relating to ACL injury, let's walk through some questions to apply what we've learned and get a sense of how the topic might be tested. For the first question, consider the following clinical scenario. A 17-year-old boy is brought to the emergency department after sustaining an injury while playing soccer. He states that another player ran into his right leg from the side, after which he felt a sharp pain in his right knee. Currently, his pain is under control, but he reports that it is worsened with movement. He is unable to bear weight on his right leg. On exam, his temperature is 98.6 degrees Fahrenheit, or 37.0 degrees Celsius. Blood pressure is 132 over 74, pulse is 88 beats per minute, and respirations are 12 breaths per minute. His right knee is swollen with minimal ecchymosis and is tender to palpation. The provider suspects that he has an ACL injury. Which of the following can be expected on physical exam? And the answer choices are, choice one, inability to maintain passively extended knee. Choice two, inability to perform active straight leg raise. Choice three, palpable click with simultaneous external rotation and extension of a flexed knee. Choice four, translation of the proximal tibia anteriorly with the knee flexed at 90 degrees. Or choice five, translation of the proximal tibia posteriorly with the knee flexed at 90 degrees. The best answer to this question is, Choice four, translation of the proximal tibia anteriorly with the knee flexed at 90 degrees. This patient with knee swelling after a valgus injury and a likely injury to the anterior cruciate ligament will likely demonstrate translation of the proximal tibia anteriorly with the knee flexed at 90 degrees, or a positive anterior jaw test. The anterior cruciate ligament, or ACL, originates from the posterior medial aspect of the lateral femoral condyle and travels anteriorly to the anteromedial aspect of the tibial plateau. Injury to the ACL can be due to contact trauma or non-contact mechanisms, typically with valgus or hyperextension stress of the knee. In non-contact mechanisms, the injury can be due to suddenly changing directions or landing after deceleration. ACL injury can be associated with the quote-unquote unhappy triad of injury to the ACL, medial collateral ligament, and medial meniscus. Exam maneuvers include the anterior jaw test, which is performed by pulling the proximal tibia anteriorly when the patient is supine and the knee is flexed to 90 degrees. The test is positive when there is anterior translation of the proximal tibia. A variant of this test is the Lockman test, where the proximal tibia is anteriorly pulled with one hand, while the other hand stabilizes the distal femur with the knee flexed at 30 degrees. Magnetic resonance imaging can confirm the diagnosis. Let's also discuss why the other choices are incorrect. Choice one, the inability to maintain a passively extended knee is seen in patellar tendon rupture. The patellar tendon is a continuation of the tendon of the quadriceps femoris, which continues to the patella and then inserts on the tibial tuberosity. A patellar tendon injury is typically due to a tensile overload of the extensor mechanism of the knee, which usually occurs with the knee in a flexed position. Choice two, the inability to perform active straight leg raise is also seen in patellar tendon rupture. Choice three, 
A palpable click with simultaneous external rotation and extension of a flexed knee is seen in injury of the medial meniscus. While injury to the medial meniscus can be found in association with ACL injury, this is not always the case. Choice 5. Translation of the proximal tibia posteriorly with the knee flexed at 90 degrees describes a positive posterior jaw test. This is positive in a posterior cruciate ligament injury. And finally, a bullet summary. Anterior cruciate ligament injury occurs with hyperextension and valgus injury of the knee and will result in translation of the proximal tibia anteriorly in the anterior jaw test and the Lachman test. For the second question, consider the following clinical scenario. A 19-year-old collegiate football player sustains an injury to his left knee during a game. He was running with the ball when he dodged a defensive player and fell, twisting his left knee. He felt a pop as he fell. When he attempts to bear weight on his left knee, it feels unstable and quote-unquote gives way. He needs assistance to walk off the field. The pain is localized diffusely over the knee and is non-radiating. His past medical history is notable for asthma. He uses an albuterol inhaler as needed. He does not smoke or drink alcohol. On exam, he has a notable suprapatellar effusion. Range of motion is limited in the extremes of flexion. When the proximal tibia is pulled anteriorly while the knee is flexed and the patient is supine, there is 1.5 centimeters of anterior translation. The contralateral knee translates 0.5 centimeters with a similar force. The injured structure in this patient originates on which of the following bony landmarks? And the answer choices are choice one, lateral aspect of the lateral femoral condyle. Choice two, lateral aspect of the medial femoral condyle. Choice three, medial aspect of the medial femoral condyle. Choice four, posterior medial aspect of the lateral femoral condyle. Or choice five, tibial tubercle. The best answer to this question is choice four, posterior medial aspect of the lateral femoral condyle. The patient in this vignette presents with pain, a knee effusion, and a positive anterior jaw test suggestive of a tear of the anterior cruciate ligament, or ACL. The ACL originates on the posterior medial aspect of the lateral femoral condyle and inserts on the anteromedial tibial plateau. The ACL is a vital intraarticular ligamentous structure in the knee whose primary function is to control anterior translation of the tibia. Additionally, it restrains against tibial rotation and varus or valgus stresses. Given its origin on the posteromedial aspect of the lateral femoral condyle and insertion on the anteromedial tibial plateau, the ACL is oriented in such a way to prevent excess anterior translation of the tibia relative to the femur. As a result, an ACL tear can be tested with the anterior jaw test and Lachman test. These physical exam maneuvers are designed to measure the degree of anterior translation of the tibia relative to the femur and will be positive in cases of an ACL tear. Let's also discuss why the other choices are incorrect. Choice 1. The lateral aspect of the lateral femoral condyle is the origin of the lateral collateral ligament. The LCL functions to restrain excessive varus deformity of the knee. As a result, LCL tears may demonstrate laxity with varus stress on physical exam. Choice 2. The lateral aspect of the medial femoral condyle is the origin of the posterior cruciate ligament, or PCL. The PCL functions to restrain excessive posterior translation of the tibia relative to the femur. As a result, PCL tears may demonstrate a positive posterior jaw test in which the tibia translates posteriorly relative to the femur. Choice three. The medial aspect of the medial femoral condyle is the origin of the medial collateral ligament. 
The MCL functions to restrain excessive valgus deformity of the knee. As a result, MCL tears may demonstrate laxity with valgus stress on physical exam. Choice 5. The tibial tubercle is the insertion point for the patellar tendon. The patellar tendon is part of the extensor mechanism, along with the quadriceps muscle and patella, which functions to extend the knee. A tear of the patellar tendon will lead to an inability to actively fully extend the knee. Finally, a bullet summary. Anterior cruciate ligament tears will present with positive anterior drawer and Lachman tests, which will demonstrate excess anterior translation of the tibia. That's all for this review about anterior cruciate ligament injury. We hope that was helpful. This is the MedBullets Step 1 podcast, a daily audio review session for MedBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. As a reminder, you can follow along with these podcast episodes by reviewing the topics directly on MedBullets.com. You can listen to these episodes on the MedBullets website or phone app while reading through the topic. If the MedBullets podcast has been valuable to you, we'd be thrilled if you considered leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow, right here on the MedBullets Step 1 podcast.